I don't know what Amy put in the brew up here, but it's popping. I don't know if you can hear it. <laughs> After the service, you're all invited to get a cup and then come up and try it. <laughs> if you wish, only, only if you wish. There's so many things going on in our world that deserve attention. This past Friday, I was invited to a lunch meeting with a group of uh, 35 local evangelical pastors. Uh, the group was about half and half, white and black. The host church was, uh, their, their minister is an African American, but it was, a, it was a mixed group. And we had the opportunity to meet together, and the purpose of getting together was to talk about uh, racial justice and racial tensions in our community, and what religious people can do to improve that. And, and in this particular case, it was really uh, focused on what Christian people can do to heal that divide. We had a wonderful presentation. And despite the fact that I don't identify as evangelical, there was much in the presentation that I could resonate with. Ideas of healing and forgiveness and mutual respect and bringing people together over wide gulfs of differences. The room was about, as I think I mentioned, 50-50, white and black. Two of the pastors, about 35 people there, two of the pastors were women. Two of the pastors were women. And there were two other women in the room, two African-American women who were serving lunch, a beautiful, gracious, generous lunch. And there was an atmosphere of goodwill in this room. There was an atmosphere of goodwill. But I could all, it was a complex event because for one thing, I felt kind of different, which is a good feeling for me to have, probably, because I'm not exactly in tune theologically with this group. So that's, that's a good thing for me to experience being the one who's not in the majority group. I could also feel in the room, you know, whenever one is in a mixed race group, there are certain kind of underlying questions or tensions, and, and so you could feel that. Even though it was really dominated by goodwill, one could feel those little tensions in the air. There was also some things in the air around gender equality that I could pick up on. Almost all of the ministers in the room were, were men, but for these two women. And I was watching their faces, by the way, actually, as different things were said and how they responded to different remarks. 
And I also felt uh, tension or issue in the room about LGBT people. And at different times something was said and you, you could just feel that there were about four or five different ways in that room that we were all not on the same page. At least four or five, maybe a dozen, I don't know. But about four or five I could identify right off the top where we're not all on the same page. And yet, we were gathered together. And we all were there because we wanted to do something good if we possibly could. And so I really appreciated that opportunity. And I really felt it was overall a very positive experience. And I think this group is going to continue meeting. And I'm pretty sure they might invite me back. So, you know, you've got to go where the door is open. And if someone invites you and says, we want to heal the world, do you want to be part of this or not? Well, I think you've got to say yes to that. And another thing that was so healthy in that situation, I think, was that there was some honest discussion of racial issues. Some honest discussion. And that, although it was not totally comfortable at every moment, felt like a healthy thing to be doing. So I'm grateful for that experience. So there's one thing going on in the world, our community. <clears throat> Later this afternoon, some of us are going to attend this event at Peoria Riverfront Museum called No Joke. No Joke, the reason why it's called No Joke is it involves a, uh, a rabbi, an imam, and an evangelical preacher. And for many of us, that sounds like a bar joke, basically. <laughs> These three guys walk into the bar, and then what happens? So this project is called No Joke. This isn't a joke. So these three uh, clergy, Imam Mufti, who has spoken in this pulpit before, and Daniel Bogard, the rabbi who has spoken from this pulpit before, and Reverend Jim Powell, who has not spoken from this pulpit before, but who I'm going to invite to come and speak to us. So I hope that will happen. So the three of them got together, I think about a year or two ago, maybe longer than that, and they decided that they would start having conversations with each other. Or this rabbi, imam, and evangelical preacher, and they would just meet together and see what happened. And so they continued um, meeting together. Uh, one of the things that they used as their guideline that they said helped is we decided that we would give up each of us comparing our traditions best to your traditions worst. We would give up that pattern of thinking and then we'll see what happens with that. So they became involved in a dialogue that lasted over uh, a good period of time. Unfortunately, Rabbi Bogart has uh, moved off to the wilderness of Cincinnati, <laughs> which is great. 
And so they ended up um, making a film and writing a book called No Joke. And, and they're having a presentation down at the Peoria Riverfront Museum, which a number of us are going to go take part in. And that, again, we might say, well, where are the women? That's a good question, isn't it? Where are the other religions? That's a good question, too, isn't it? Uh, where are the people who are not believers in any religion or any God? Where are they in this dialogue? So we could always identify in any situation ways in which that situation doesn't cover everything that needs to be covered, right? That situation does not address everything that needs to be addressed. And it leaves a lot of questions unanswered, and it leaves people not seating themselves at that table. But then, this is a pretty amazing thing, because those three religions are involved in much of the tension in our world. And the idea that those three clergy people could sit down and have this dialogue, um, <clears throat> the evangelical minister even taught the imam about baseball. <laughs> but he was a Cardinals fan too. <laughs> so I think he converted the imam to be a Cardinals fan. So I could say, well, that doesn't represent everybody at the table, does it? There's a whole segment of the world being, but we have to be grateful for bridges that are crossed anytime. We have to be grateful for that. And then I think we also have to say, well, there's a lot more that needs to be done other than just those three guys having lunch together, but it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing that they're doing that. So, uh, I'm delighted that they've done this work. And also want to let you know that we made, through folks who voluntarily wanted to do so, we have contributed to the film and book project of $1,000, and we're going to be listed as an associate producer of the Dave Wyman swung this deal. And I just think that this is probably the first time in the history of this church that we've been the associate producer of a film. <laughs> and I hope that with tradition will continue. <clears throat> so this no joke thing is not everything that needs to happen, is it? It's not everything by a long shot. But it's something. It's some piece of that puzzle, some piece of that big, complex, intricate puzzle that would help us lay down our sword and shield. It's a part of it. Today, we're going to meet after church, we're going to have lunch, and we're going to hear some presentations from our own people about social justice projects that we want to do in this church. At least the people who are presenting to you want to work on them and they want your blessing to go ahead with that. So if you can come, and I hope you will, you get to participate and feel your energy being part of these projects, if that's what we decide to do today. And 
The projects that you're going to consider today, I believe, are projects that address what I would call the two overwhelming challenges of humanity right now. Two overwhelming challenges. One of those challenges has to do with war and racial tension. It is the challenge of whether or not we as human beings can live in peace on this planet. That's an overwhelming challenge. It is of utmost importance. There isn't anything more important than that that I know of. Whether we can figure out a way to live in peace with each other, both in Aleppo, where some kids got bombed, or in Ferguson, Missouri, or in Peoria, or any place else. So this is, a, this is one of the huge questions for humanity in this century. Can we live with each other? The other overwhelming challenge, I think, huge challenge, is can we as human beings find a way to live in a healthy and sustainable way with the wider web of life of which we are a part? Can we live in some kind of harmonious and sustainable way with nature? Can we do that? And that one is huge as well. Those two are enormous. And in this particular situation, we have to be successful at both. Because a failure of either one of those would bring enormous problems. And those problems are already here, some of them. So we really have to learn to be good at both of those things. And that's the challenge that's on us. Can we live with each other? And can we live in a peaceful and sustainable way with nature itself, with this beautiful planet? So I am delighted to say that the good news is that the projects that are going to be presented to you today, there are two on that I think fit very well with one and two which fit very well with the other. And so I really think our church is on the right track as to the kinds of things that we can do that would be helpful. So I'll just briefly tell you what, a, what, of, what they are. One of our social justice projects is to continue and strengthen our support for an organization called PCAV, Peoria, Communities Against, Peoria Community Against Violence. In our church, Brad Adams is the guy who's our PCAV person is right over there. You can ask him any kind of difficult question you want. But it's an organization devoted to peace in Peoria. That's, that's what that organization is about. And they do some wonderful work. We just went to a P-Town Soup the other night. We've had some wonderful peace walks, a great concert this summer. Wonderful work. And the other project which I think is somewhat related is a project that's called Racial Awareness and Action Project that is a new one this year of people who want to work specifically through this church to educate ourselves, make ourselves more understanding and more understood across racial lines, figure out concrete ways to do that. We're going to bring some educational programs in the church to help us do this 
Because we don't even know when we're not doing a helpful thing. A lot of times, depending upon what group you're in, you may not know, I may not know, when I'm doing something that's not helpful. So part of it's education and then learning how we can be active in it. So that's the other one. Those two projects, PCAV and Racial Awareness in Action, really address that issue of can we learn to live together? And then on the environmental side, we have a wonderful project that's continuing called, uh, I hope I could say it right, <laughs> Central Illinois Healthy Communities Alliance. Did I say that right? Somebody's nodding, yes, I did. Which is a group in our church that is working on environmental issues in our local area, uh, having to do a lot with clean energy and how to bring more clean energy into our area and discourage energy that is not helpful to the future of our planet. And then we have this proposal today to install a solar energy system in this church. So that's not something we do every day. And I hope you will come and give that your, it's been well researched. People have done the homework in this church and I hope you will come and hear what that proposal is and decide what you're gonna decide later today whether we're gonna do that or not, okay? So that's, that's a wonderful thing to be considering. And so there's two good solid projects on the environmental side and two wonderful solid things on the peace among people. You know, it's a recurring question, to me at least, how successful we can be at changing the world. We, we want to do it, and this exhibited that, and boy, Amy knows how to change the world. She knows how to make something happen. But the question is, how much can we do? Are we able to change the world? Lots of things don't seem to change very quickly. Despite, you know, we sing some songs, about war and then war is still there after the song ends. Or we go to some rallies and the problem is still there after the rally. Or we take a vote and the problem is still there. So there are very deeply rooted patterns in our human behavior that don't yield to platitudes or really sermons or even demonstrations very easily. They tend to persist. And Trying to change things in the world is hard work, and we often get tired or discouraged or angry or frustrated or all of the above. And there are painful setbacks and disturbing losses, and uh, sometimes it looks like things actually aren't getting any better at all. They might be getting worse, for all we know. Looks like they might be getting worse. So. That can be heavy on us. And then sometimes there are dramatic breakthroughs. And we feel, oh, this is tremendous. It's working. There's a wonderful guy named Robert Wright, uh, who is an author I like, who suggests that if you want to see progress in, in human culture, it's better to look at longer periods of time. 
It's better to look at longer periods of time. So, for example, if you just looked at this week, let's try that. Just look at this week. So is humanity advancing at a rapid rate based on this week? Maybe not. It's about be mixed. I mean, we'd be generous to say it's a mixed bag. But if we look out over the history of this country and look at, uh, for example, that when this country was founded, slavery was commonplace. Women couldn't vote and had very few rights. And really only people could vote were white property owners in this country. So if you look at it over a period of two or three hundred years, you say, oh, that's, it's moving. It's moving. So I am in favor of looking at longer periods of time. You know, my baseball team is losing, but that's only the last 108 years. I have to look at a wider, I have to look at how they might do in the next millennium. I can't just focus on a century or two. And sometimes it's good to just laugh about it. I just want to say that I like the way we incorporate this fall congregational meeting into the rhythm of the year. We come back in the fall, we gather once again, and we decide to renew our commitment to certain projects and maybe not continue others, and then to start out on some new and creative ventures. And we affirm once again that all is not lost, that we still have hope, we still have new ideas, we still get inspired, and we want to move our world towards healing. We want to discern what is the next step and set out once again on our journey. We're ready to go. One more time. We renew our spirits and we affirm new goals. And so we begin once again with high spirits. What a good thing to do. It's, it's a rhythm. It's a rhythm of our lives that we get excited again about doing something, and we think it will work. We find our spiritual inspiration for taking these steps in a lot of different ways. When I was with the evangelical group, the, I, it was very clear where most of them found their inspiration. And boy, that seems to work extraordinarily well for them. And I find my inspiration in, in somewhat different ways, and all of us do. Some of us find inspiration in our Unitarian Universalist principles. Some of us find inspiration uh, through our personal commitments <clears throat> to justice and equality and freedom and other ideals. We find inspiration in examples of transformation that take place all around us at any time. We could find inspiration anywhere. We could go walking in the woods like I think that poet was doing in the song we sang this morning, walking in the woods and saying, this is a kind of truth here in the woods. This is something sacred. This is wisdom talking to me. That could be where we find it. 
You can even find it at a baseball game. But whatever path you take to find that, then we support you as a community of diverse seekers who see that inspiration in different ways. We are really on a great journey together, all of us, and that means everybody. If the human experiment is going to lead to a peaceful and sustainable life on this planet, if it is going to lead there, and I think that's what almost every one of us wants, then we have to find sustainable and holistic and interdependent ways to heal our relationship with the earth and all its creatures. We must do that, or this will not be a sustainable civilization. Won't fall apart right this minute, but it's, it's not in good shape overall. And then, if we want to live healthy and fulfilling and joyful lives on this planet, we have to find how we can live in peace with other people. There just isn't any alternative to that. The alternative to that is called war. That's what the alternative is called. So we have to find those ways and we have to bridge the gaps and we have to have tough conversations and we have to tell the truth and it can be a very joyous process of reconciliation if we do that. And it will be painful if we don't. These two great overarching challenges stand for us as humanity. We must do these things. But there will be many diverse ways to go about it. There will be all kinds of diverse ways to do this be different roads to follow, and a gorgeous variety of ways to be inspired. Our church is part of this healing process. We are part of this healing process. Our church, along with many, many other houses of worship, interfaith organizations, environmental activists, secular institutions, educational institutions, government organizations, creative artists and creative individuals of all kinds, small groups all over the planet that have their own initiative and are making a difference in some way. We are part of that network. So what we do contributes to the overall success of this project. It does make a difference. We have countless partners to dialogue with. We have the opportunity to make our contribution to the journey. We are so fortunate in so many ways. We have this beautiful place to meet, which is inspiring, and which nobody at this moment is dropping any bombs on. We have this wonderful piece of land where you can go out and have your spirit nourished. 
We are not a wealthy congregation, but we're far from a poor congregation. We're relatively affluent. We have all these cool people to hang out with, each other. How lucky is that? And at this moment, we have neither famine nor war to deal with in our immediate vicinity, unlike so many other people in the world. When many of us went to the Parliament of the World's Religions last year in Salt Lake City, which is another piece of the puzzle, the Dalai Lama, who always comes to the Parliament, but this year he couldn't come because he wasn't well enough. His doctors told him he couldn't travel. So we had a video greeting from the Dalai Lama, who is such an interesting guy and humble and often funny. He's got a good sense of humor. He's one of the people on the planet considered a world spiritual leader. And on the video greeting, he said, I want to bring you greetings. He said, I'm so happy that you've gathered together. It's so good that you're talking. I'm glad that you're engaged in dialogue. It's so wonderful to see all these people together in one place and peace. And he said, but we need action. That's the way he said it. We need action to save this enterprise. That was his word. It was just like, boom. We need action. So, my invitation is, let us embrace our part. Let's take up our little part with energy and commitment and optimism and inspiration. Let's take up our projects so that we can move things. We can help be part of that network. And we can feel the energy of being part of moving the great human experiment forward in a positive and healing direction. For the good of others, but also to heal ourselves as well.